Today is Tuesday, September 2nd, 2008, and this is Radio Wave. Good evening, everyone, and thank you for joining us on tonight's broadcast of Radio Wave. Our host is a friend of Medjugorje, and tonight we'll be discussing of Mariana's apparition that that took place earlier today and a message. So during this one-hour show, we'll cover uh, several topics that Our Lady spoke about today. So uh, we give to you your host, a friend of Medjugorje. We ask that you open your hearts in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Father, we come before you to thank you for sending Our Lady to us. We thank you for the time we've had with her these 27 years. We beg for more. We need her. We understand that you've told us through her that we need to pray unceasingly for this gift, of which we say tonight, thank you. Amen. Well, of course, these are long days for us because we uh, have people starting Medjugorje, which is seven hours ahead of us, uh, going early at 3.30 in the morning to um, Mariana's apparition and getting their seats. And that happens actually, that puts it around 8 o'clock the night before. So it's a long activity and a long day for our, our, our community in Medjugorje, a long day for us because we get up around 3, getting ready for the message and getting on Medj and to pass it out into the avenues that we distribute it. Because we feel there's always an important uh, momentum with the message, a certain excitement. And when this spreads this way, people receive this uh, with more enthusiasm, which more enthusiasm actually means more uh, implementation of this in the life, and it spreads Medjugorje. So we figure the timing of what we do is very important and so we, we ready ourselves and even go through some things like um, mission control, you might want to say, with the space shuttle. It's not that complex, but we, we look at it, like Jesus said in the scriptures, to do what the world does uh, in the way that how they spread their methods and what they do, that we need to be doing the same thing for the message. So a lot of things we've developed is for that, to get the message to you and to get it out. And we see it spread and we see more of the second of the month becoming stronger and stronger in a lot of hearts of the people. It's exciting messages because this is a day for non-believers. And so today's message for non-believers is something of a real interest, a keen interest to see what is our lady going to do because there are some new things she's done in these second of the month, especially over the last 14 to 15 months that uh, are, are striking or exciting or depressing sometimes that uh, and even uh, an awe and, and uh, uh, a fear, a fear of God. We've lost a fear of God. Fear of God used to mean awe. We're in awe of Him. And it's not about being scared. It's about being where we won't uh, we, we concern ourselves and being so acute of not offending Him, you know, of His, of his majesty and who He is. Yet He's our friend. And so this is what always come to show us all these things in our, our proper relationship with God the Father and having a relationship with the Father. And so before we go any further, Joan, I'll ask you to go ahead and read our latest message that was given today for the Day of Nonbelievers. Our Lady, Queen of Peace of Medjugorje's September 2nd, 2008 message to Mariana Soto on the Day of Nonbelievers. Dear children, today, with my motherly heart, I call you, gathered around me, to love your neighbor. My children, stop. Look in the eyes of your brother 
and see Jesus, my son. If you see joy, rejoice with him. If there is pain in the eyes of your brother, with your tenderness and goodness, cast it away, because without love you are lost. Only love is effective. It works miracles. Love will give you unity in my son and the victory of my heart. Therefore, my children, love. Now, asking towards a friend of Medjugorje, what um, does Our Lady define as a non-believer, uh, specifically in light of today's message? Well, I think this is a real typical message for a non-believer. At the same time, it's not what we'd expect on a human level of what non-belief is, as far as an atheist or agnostic or somebody who who uh, hates God. It's really all these categories, and even Christians are in this category, and, and especially priests and bishops. Um, non-belief is in all of us, but Our Lady on this Day of Non-Believers has continued, continually given this theme of pray for your shepherds on the Day of Non-Belief, which should shake up you know, even the bishops and priests, to say, what what does Our Lady mean by this? And we're all guilty of non-belief in us as Christians. Uh, there's things that we believe, there's things we don't believe, there's things that we believe but we don't accept. So how much non-belief, and, and we in the beginning we first saw this, we saw that Our Lady was just talking about non-believers, and that was me and they were over there. It was a real distinct thing. As this has progressed with Mariana, she continues to give these messages, we begin to see they, they changed a little bit. And you say, well, why did Our Lady do that? Was she being deceptive? No, because we would choke. Uh, if she just came out in the first apparitions on the second of the month and say, you're a non-believer. Yet we saw this transformation of the messages on the day of non-believers begin to address us, the children. Today, she said, dear children, today, with my motherly heart, I call you gathered around me to love your neighbor. And yet, you know, what is she saying in that? Well, she's saying on the literal part, yeah, because there were people, thousands gathered around her. They were, they're out of love for her. They are there. Her, it is her motherly heart. But she's telling us something in a way to love your neighbor because we don't always love our neighbor. And that's non-belief. When we don't apply the scriptures to it, that in a full way, well, I generally do that, but... You know, what part of that is non-belief in me or in you? Are you out there? Now, to go directly to your question, there, there is a clear definition that is given what a, what a true non-believer is. And while we might want to say an atheist, or we might want to do that, it's not even a non-believer. So even a non-believer, had this term has come up, for those who don't believe in God, Our Lady has defined a non-believer as those who've never experienced the love of God. Now, God is love. All love comes from God. And this is something that Lady tells us she wants us to learn love. Uh, I was just reading a message a few minutes ago that Our Lady actually says uh, to love, you know, you must learn, learn to love. And so what does that mean to learn to love? Why do we have to learn to love? Because, see, we're used to a human love. A Lady did give a message before that said, uh, years ago, that said, you know, human love, but not God's love. You know, and that's, that really struck me years ago when that came out because our love is a love of attraction. It's a love of the flesh. It's a love of, of, of wanting. It's a love of me, me getting what I want or serving me. You know, that's how we think. And we look at love that has to be a, some kind of uh, this attraction when real love's not about that. You know, our lady said May 2nd, 2007 to Mariana, she says, you'll look at the world around you with different eyes. You will see your neighbor. You will feel his pain and suffering. You know, where in that statement is there love? Except by decision. You know, it's easy to be indifferent to that. It's easy not to see that. And so we have our lady saying that you, you must learn love. On May 2nd, 2007, last year, a lady says, Dear uh, children, my name is love. I mean, it's a profound statement. 
Mary, the Holy Virgin Mary, says her name is love. Why? And she tells us that's, that I am among you for so much of your time is love because the great love sends me. Beautiful statement. But then that still doesn't explain fully what a non-believer is. A non-believer is someone who has not experienced the love of God. And who would those people be? We have a world filled with pain today. Pain like the world has never seen before. Yes, we've had the atrocities of the last century where we had the Hitlers and we had the Napoleons a century before that. And we had war and we had famine. We had all these things. But there's no pain, even in a war, compared to the pain that's in the family today. We've never had on the scale we have families being tore apart. Divorce causes more pain than any death or anything that can exist. Many people that's going through divorce, divorce tell us they'd rather be dead. They wish they could die. We see these cycles. You know, it's like you hear about the doctors give a, a terminal a patient the news you're going to die. And they go through what they call five stages. First, they don't believe it. They're in denial. <clears throat> Second, they, they want to get a cure. And then they be, that don't work they, when they realize that they were going to die. Then they become angry with God. So they go through these five stages, whatever they are. And so it's the same way with, with this. You, we have these people go through these phases and they, they're going through a divorce and they tell us. They, they just wish they were dead. They wish they could die. But, you know, so do the children. There's nothing worse that can happen to a child than mother and father divorcing. Nothing. I've heard people say, well, you know, it's like a cold. They'll get over it. They will never get over it. I had a guy came out today because we were doing a lot of research, and uh, not research, but looking at different equipment. We've already done the research for the last four years, and we're looking at equipment for retooling the tabernacle, and one individual was a salesman for a company that we had been dealing with, and we got into the parking lot, and and uh, we were just talking about our mission and what we do. And he's a Southern Baptist. And, and we started talking about divorce a little bit. He said, well, I'm one of those. And, um, and he was an older fellow, probably in his 50s. And uh, you could tell there was just a sadness in him. He started to open up a little bit. You know, here I was a Catholic, a Southern Baptist, open up to him. We see this a lot. And I started explaining to him. I said, well, I can tell you your whole stage of your divorce. I can tell you what happened and how this came about and then the sorrow that you're experiencing. And I, I just spoke to him for a little bit and, and uh, went back in and got him a book to help him. And, and, and we lead a lot of people to Our Lady this way because we got so much counseling material like how to change your husband that it helped him at least understand the situation better. And this has been years ago. He's been single for a long time now. He's got several kids across the country. But he went on to say, he says, you know, and I told him, that the, and I spoke about the pain. I spoke about how difficult it was. And there's no pain like divorce. It just doesn't exist. Um, you could say, oh, am I exaggerating that? Because some people maybe listening to me wanted to get out of it. But what this does to children and the pain it puts in them is beyond our ability to understand unless you've gone through it yourself. And so we've seen that. And if you put your heart or if you put your eyes and see, like our lady said today, if there is pain in the eyes of your brother, with your tenderness and goodness, cast it away, because without love you're lost. And I spent this time that I didn't have today with this guy 20 minutes in the parking lot, because I know he needed that. And he was hearing some things he hasn't heard from his pulpit. Uh, he was hearing some things different. I said, take this book. I said, we've had nuns actually read this, that the parents were divorced, and said, I, I, I feel like through this book I can... I can at least close some wounds. Not get rid of them, but at least I can start some process of healing, at least understanding why my parents went through this situation. I, I didn't tell him that, but I know I, I was relating to him that this will help you and even see with more clarity of some things and why things are. When you understand that, some of the pains alleviated to a certain degree that when you get wisdom and you see things, you understand it gives you a, a basis of prayer. It gives you where to... to um, where prayer is needed for his for his uh, spouse that he doesn't have anymore, and and, and main thing really bitterness. But we have a world that is incredibly wounded in the heart, hardened, and you see these kids out there, this this 
that seem to be wacko and they've gotten these earrings and now they're going to these things that's expanding their ears and making bigger holes and and it's a cry they're crying out and the pain that's in their hearts manifested if you go to these people you'll find in the background this strife in the home this tore up home and so we we have to realize that there's a lot of uh, dysfunction in the marriage relationship I tell you if a, if a a child has a mother and father who love each other deeply and expresses that love to them, even superior to the love of the child. I want to clarify that real clearly, that if they love each other in their exchange, even superior to their each other loving their child, that child is more secure and feel more love than those who have the love from the mother and father being poured out on the child. A child-centered family doesn't necessarily make the child feel love. He, he feels secure when mom and dad are tight, when mom and dad love, love each other. To the degree they start falling apart, to the degree his, his, his world falls apart. And I'm certain that our lady is speaking about this message today about family. It's about because this is where non-believers come from. You raise in a witness of a family and, a, and a, you raise a child and, and seeing parents praying together. Well, just the newest statistics, which is... I mentioned a few shows ago, it's incredible to me that now we have surpassed non-believers in divorce, pagans even. Uh, I'm saying Christians. Now, statistically, a new statistic that's out, a statistic that is out says that over 50% of Christian marriages end up in divorce. So that's higher than one in two now. But if they pray together, if they do spiritual things together, if they walk together in the spiritual life, the statistics are almost astronomically changed to one divorce in 1,000. One in 1,000. So this, to me, is remarkable. Remarkable showing just living a little bit of a spiritual life, what it would do in changing that. Why is that important? Because they will breed believers. They will breed in their upbringing of the child, a full child who can do all he can be. And when you have separation, even in a marriage that stays together, to the degree you have the separation is to the degree that you put pain in these children. They don't like to see strife. They don't want to have that around them. They, don't, they won't have that environment. I mean, it affects everything from their learning to, to what they think of themselves to confidence in themselves. If you want your child and your family to be all they can be, then the spouses love each other with, with no hint of insecurity to those children. And you'll see an incredible kid. And so we have just the opposite with non-believers. To the degree this is breaking up, you have these people that just want their family and just want their to hold on to this unit of love in their house. We're going to uh, read a portion from... Uh Writing from a friend of Medjugorje, uh, Mariana Mystery Revealed, in which speaks about children that come from a divorce. And uh, in particular, there's a, a song that was uh, lyrics of a song that were printed in here that were written by a couple of teenage brothers who saw their parents go through divorce. And the lyrics kind of explain from their point of view what that experience brought them to. It's called Timber Creek. And it reads, Always look up to the sky, and I often wonder why. Why you're evil in disguise. Why we're dropping here like flies. Try to look into your eyes, but you just don't have the time. Do you love to see us cry? Because you're indifferent to our lives. What's the point in being here at all, falling down? All my hopes are like the leaves. They fall, falling down. What's the point in being here at all, falling down? Staring out at Timber Creek, enthralled. Looking out at all of us, won't you tell me? What you're thinking, God. It's killing me. Laughing out at all of us. Used to think you were my friend, but you're the enemy. And comment after the song. 
find a child whose world is crashing down through the breakup of his parents, you won't have to look far. You can find them even in your church membership. Stare into the eyes of a three-year-old child. Look at the purity of his eyes. Peer into them as one looks into the depth of a fresh, clear blue stream. View the innocence of the angels in heaven while peering into the eyes of the angels of the earth. Hold it in your heart and watch what happens over the next months and years as the family divides and goes separate ways. You will see the clear, fresh stream become polluted, soiled to a point where you yourself will not want to love so vile a creature. These are the souls who are making up part of Generation X. But it's not just Generation X. The world is now full of people whose hearts are broken through sorrow and calcified by sin. No longer knowing or experiencing God's love, they become non-believers, people who are to be pitied and prayed for. It is certainly repulsive to read the words of the song Timber Creek, and it is easy to disdain the members of the band. However, knowing their tragedy and how the song was birthed bring forth pity. We must realize all non-believers have had their tragedy, and if we knew in depth why, we would pity rather than disdain them. Our Lady knows the stories behind all non-believers, and she does not disdain them. She knows each of them and has peered into their eyes when innocence still dwelt there. She knows what soiled them, and that in many cases it was through no fault of their own. Our Lady's messages are constantly calling us, her children, to holiness and not to persist in sin. We know better. We know her love. We know the Father. We are more responsible. Much mercy is offered to the sinner who does not know God's love. Jesus showed this in his answers to the Pharisees and his firmness in holding them highly accountable. He showed his infinite mercy with sinners, such as the adulteresses who the Pharisees wanted to stone. So it is today in the world. As a parent, are you worried about what kind of society your children will live in? Do we really have a choice in the next election, or do we get to choose what the powers that be give us? No matter how you structure your future, all is at risk. Money won't protect you. Position won't save you. Your children's future is nil. Our nation must change its direction. But what is stopping it? you are. It all depends on you. If you wonder how can that be, you won't after reading Look What Happened While You Were Sleeping, a couldn't-put-it-down book, thrilling, motivating, edge-of-the-seat reading that will change the way you live and change this nation. Order on MEJ.com or at your local bookstore or call in the U.S. 205-672-2000. You're listening to Radio Wave with a friend of Medjugorje. You know, so we see this about um, these children, and we see the youth, and we look at them and say, why do they behave that way? Why do they act that way? And we got to realize that we don't have a parent problem, or rather, we don't have a, a youth problem, we got a parent problem. And our lady gave that message once that says, you know, for your sins and the sins of your parents, it's not that they don't sin, but, you know, sins of visitors of the fourth generation. And we have a whole society, a whole culture who's doing this. Right now, we see this uh, several years ago, Maria told me in, in, in Italy, divorce, American divorces come there now, and it's just rapid. We're seeing flocks of Croatians come into the mission house in these days because we've got now how to change your husband in Croatian 
and I see foreign creation and a couple other booklets in creation, and we're doing more. And so, uh, the, and they're in the throes of this beginning there. Uh, you know, just a few years ago, before the war started, they didn't even know what a orphan was because the family didn't take them. There was no family in the neighborhood. Just the, the next door neighbor just took the child in. They didn't need orphanages. And with the modernity and the, the visiting of the world coming to the doorsteps of Medjugorje, it's changed it. It's affected it. And with that, you're starting to see problems you didn't have there before, marriages and things like that. So this whole culture is, is through materialism, has lost what's, what Ivan said. You know, parents get caught in what they want in materialism, they lose what's most important. And they get no attention to the children. So I'm not talking about child-centered family, but with each other, what is important? And, and for the world to be healed, it's got to be healed through the family. That's why they said the fruits of the family to be seen one day is what her wish was. And so we see this. We'll have vocations to a good family. It, it amazes me that we always have people at Mass when they give, uh, where the congregation can give the intentions and say, you know, for the, the, end, of, uh, the end of abortion, uh, let us pray to the Lord, or, or for this or for that. And nobody says... Uh, pray for the end of the scourge of divorce. This is a one-all catch-all. This will get vocations. This will bring in more uh, the stopping of abortions. All this related to the to, to divorce, to the breakup of the family. And so, while I'm not saying entitled this a, a, a divorce message, I'm saying that there is a lot of non-belief resulting from in the framework of the family. And yes, even with families that are intact, some of this comes. But the more you're solid together, the more the less you'll have non-believers. And so we have a world of non-belief. And a lot of these people are angry. Atheists a lot of times are angry. I was raised with a, a, a next door to a boy who didn't have a father. We never knew him. We never knew what happened to him. Just some other was there. We never were told his children growing up. And uh, as far as morality, the kid was the, was really better than we were as Catholics. He was good. Never went to church. But as a, after I got married, he came visiting us one day, and I, I started talking to him about God because I always wanted to introduce him to that. And he says, I wish that was a God because I'd smash my fist right in his face. You know, I was shocked by this statement. But he never had a father around. He never had a family in that sense. And, 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 he, and this pain in him, and he's a nice guy, a good guy, uh, but I really saw what already says. If there is pain in his eyes of your brother, with your tenderness and goodness, cast it away. Because without love, you're lost. And this person was lost. And and uh, through several years, he ended up becoming Catholic. Uh, I've lost touch with him since then. But this, this is this is an incredible thing of a walk that me and I guess others had an impact on him finally to to bring him to this. But we've got to realize that, that what Our Lady is telling us is not to be in tolerance of sinners out there. I mean, you've got people cramming down our throat stuff that we should reject and violence if necessary, however we need to be. It's not a, you don't be tender when they're trying to force sin on you and say this lifestyle is what you're going to accept. That's not what Our Lady's talking about. Our Lady's talking about individuals like this guy I grew up with and said that he wished... God, it was a God, you know, so he could do what he, you know, he's, he's anger. You know, I met him back with him. I didn't know the message. It was pre-message days. It was pre-Majigori days during those days. But this is what our lady's addressing. And in the community life, we have a beautiful way of life that our lady's given us here because, you know, caritas means love. It means charity. And it's based in love. It's based in life, uh, a, a life of love. And, you know, love is something that, it's a decision, and love takes work. You know, that's why I said what I quoted a little while ago, where I says, look around the world around you, the different, uh, around you with different eyes. She wants, you, she wants you to see different eyes of the eyes of your neighbor. You'll see your neighbor. You'll feel his pain and his suffering. And that often is, came from the childhood. And how do we heal this? We've, we've got a plague, a scourge, a divorce. How do we stop it? But well, first, we've got to have people preaching against it from the pulpit. Say, don't do it. Another statistic that's incredible says that if you leave two, a couple alone to work out the problems, 90% of them works it out. 
but they got the mother-in-law, the father-in-law, the friends, all this. They, they start building their allies, and they get further apart. You know, it's between those two, and all you, you won't do anything that causes separation, but only unity of prayer. Today's message says, love will give you unity in my son. And our lady has said at another time that, that, you know, to protect yourselves against things through fasting and prayer, and especially community prayer. So community is important. And when Our Lady asked for a community to be established here, we, we met with a love we didn't know before. There was a love in community as, as something like that you, you can only find once in a lifetime. And so we are in the midst, as I wrote today about 54 Day Novena that we started last week, that this message today is really a, an outline of that whole intention was to love each other more, that we grow closer and be more in union together. And and as a community, we have our kids around, surrounded by love. They 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 feel comfortable with all the adults here, and it's really how people should live. And we're not saying that we have something that's perfectly clear to us, but we have a perfect way that we do live that our ladies given to us through our messages, and it is a, a once in a lifetime love. And to, to taste what we have here, and for the people who come here and see it, uh, everyone longs for that. They want that in their life. And so our lady's guidance to this, she wants this not to be a dream, but something that uh, not be disguised. We have to put it in front of everybody, in front of their eyes about this. And it's something that you also can have. And it's something important that we think of as our community and the community of love we have. Some people have it. Some people don't Some people never will Sometimes it's hard To know when you've got it Sometimes it's perfectly clear Well I know it's out there I've seen it happen And I know the way it should feel Cause there's no mistaking That good kind of aching Of a once in a lifetime love A once in a lifetime love A love like we've all dreamed of It may go disguised Right before your eyes Once in a lifetime love So if you think you God, you feel it inside you. Don't let it slip away. You may not ever find what you never thought you'd have anyway. If you've always had it, just realized it. You know how lucky you are To wake up beside what some never find A once in a lifetime love A once in a lifetime love A love like we've all dreamed of it may go disguised right before your eyes Once in a lifetime love It may go disguised right before your eyes Once in a lifetime love
So just imagine that you today know that Our Lady has said, my name is love, that I'm among you for so much of your time, or that I am among you for so much of your time is love because the great love sends me, that you are alive, you're living there in the moment, of not just even once in a lifetime, but that love has been sent to the earth. This is a period of time that Our Lady said in June 25th, I think it was 93 was the year, that you're in a particular time. This particular time we're in of these apparitions of love, of she who is love coming to us, didn't happen 75 years ago. You could say, well, what happened to Fatima, happened to Lewis? No, it's not the same thing. Yes, it was Our Lady. Yes, she was there. But the, the, the particular time, it was not a time, my friend. That was a message. That was something Our Lady was bringing. These apparitions are in a particular extraordinary time of the woman of Revelation coming to the earth. It didn't happen a thousand years ago. It didn't happen 500 years ago. We haven't had in history what we have right now. And so we have love. Is everybody rec recognizing it? It's once-in-a-lifetime love. It's once-time in, in, in all generations of Christianity. Never have they had the opportunity that we have today. And if you adopt that in your heart, or these thoughts in your hearts, uh, you know, it's like the song says, some people have it, some people don't. Some people never will. Some, sometimes it's hard. To know when you got it, sometimes it's perfectly clear. Read the sacred scriptures that I says on the 10th anniversary, June 25th. Read sacred scriptures. Our Lady says, uh, in that, you'll understand the reason for my coming. And you'll find that in sacred scriptures. If Revelation 12 says, a woman coming, clothed with the sun, the moon underneath the feet, crowned with the 12 stars. If that's not her, then who? If it's not now, then when? This is it. Do you understand that Revelation chapter 12 is now, and you're alive in it. Love has come among us because the great love has sent her. And so when you think and you meditate and you perfect these things and thoughts in your heart, then you realize that you're not even just in a once-time love. This is, this is once and once only in Christianity, in, Christian, in Christianity's history. We're living something like when Christ came into the earth. Yes, Our Lady was there too, but Our Lady wasn't known. She didn't come in the glory that she's coming now. She's coming. She said here in the bedroom, she said, I will be glorified through you. She asked us, pray for my intentions that I may be glorified through you. Now, that's an extraordinary message. And some people looked at that, including some priests, said, well, I got a problem with that. And I asked, I said, well, what is it? So, said, well, our lady's not going to say that about herself, about be glorified through you. Well, what's the glorious mysteries? She's in the glorious mysteries. Who gave us the glorious mysteries? That came through her. And that could only have come through God if it came through her. Our lady is to be glorified. This is her time in this particular time. And she says, this is my time. So when you recognize this, you attach yourself to it, then you can, in your lifetime, there's once in a lifetime, because this may not, I don't think these apparitions are going to last a full lifetime. I do believe they're going to last 40 years, and that's not 40 more years. That's 40 years from 81 to 21, 2021. And again, I'll go into that sometime in the future. But I feel that very strongly for a lot of reasons. But that's, a, that's, a, that's one generation. Once in a generation, once in a lifetime love. And if you attach yourself to that, you'll want to make your family that way. And you won't experience this love. And that's what we've done in the community. And this is, to me, I've always seen this song as, as a song that's beautiful for family, but it's also beautiful as a community. Our Lady says there's three forms of prayer. Individual, you know, with another person, and the community prayer. She's identified community prayer as being one of the most important prayers there are. Community prayer. Jesus himself said in the scriptures, where two more pray, I'm gathered there. And so it's very important that we realize that we're experiencing something that's not going to come back to again in the future. It's now, right now.
we invite you to an experience of a lifetime. Come to the five-day annual retreat, December 8th through 12th, of reconciling ourselves, our families, and our nation back to God. It will not only recharge you, but change your life. America was given a beautiful gift on Thanksgiving Day, November 24, 1988. The Virgin Mary appeared in an open field, consecrating the spot by her heavenly visitation. Today, Our Lady appeared and she was very happy when she came. She announced through the Medjugorje visionary, Maria Linetti, she was here to help us and she would intercede for you to God with all your intentions. Experience Our Lady. Experience Retreat. Experience Christmas. Experience a place fragranced with the Queen of the Angels herself and leave moved deep within your heart. With Our Lady appearing 26 years in Magigoria, come to a special place she's visited and designated and allow Our Lady to enlighten you in regard to God's plans to renew the face of the earth, nay, even all of creation. For more information, call Caritas of Birmingham at 205-672-2000. You're listening to Radio Wave with a friend of Medjugorje. You know, when you initially read the the message, it is a really beautiful message. There's so many words that Our Lady uses that bring about a softness of your heart. But the reality is, and I would imagine almost everyone out there listening tonight has somebody in their lives that makes this a very hard message to accept and live because... The reality is is she's asking us to love somebody that's difficult to love. And there is a cost to love. And it's her children that she's saying make the first move often because we're the ones that know her. She's guiding us all these years. And especially for those who've been walking with Our Lady for many years, it seems as if God puts us through circumstances that kind of force us into a position to love even when we're not or don't feel ready to do that or we're reluctant to do that but maybe um, a friend of Medjugorje can comment on the cost of love and what it means to Our Lady that we don't uh, not pick up that cross but to carry it forward because she said it will bring us to victory well, the cost of love is the cross. So the the cost is cross, and it's and it's heavy. And to the degree that you're asked to do something for a lady, to be the degree that you're going to have to love. And love can be difficult when someone keeps battering you down, or you uh, can't, or don't feel like it. You know, nobody feels like loving when when a lady says you must learn love. Um, puppy love or attraction love, that's, that happens just naturally, but that's more of a base love. That's not the love God's calling about. God's calling about is a decision to love. And in fact, our lady, said, our lady has told us that, that uh, real love is a decision. So there must be a decision because there's people, there may be somebody in your family, somebody that you're separated from or some, a neighbor or a friend or somebody that, that's done something to you. And I was reading a story back about a co-worker who who worked for somebody who the, her boss was a woman too was very difficult, very hard on her, and she tried to get transferred out of the department. She basically began to hate this lady, and she was about ready to quit her job. She couldn't stand her, and uh, she had a stroke. Well, this lady who she hated and who she felt hated her took her to the hospital, took care of her, did everything, kept her on payroll. Uh, over the next weeks, visited the hospital, took care of everything in her life, and 
and helped her be- through rehabilitation, took her all the doctor's appointments. They ended up being best friends. And uh, she went to her retirement party, and, and she leaned over and told another co-worker about their little history, and she couldn't believe it because they were so close together. And so love is the victory. And that's what I already said today. Love will give you unity in my son and the victory in my heart, of my heart. And we've seen that in our mission over and over and over, where there's times we didn't want to love. But how can we be sitting in the position we have if we don't love? And so there's somebody out there that you have somewhere that you need to be reconciled with. And, John, what you just said was, as our children to make the first move, but also the second move and also the 14th move and the 32nd move. You know, it's not a matter of just take the first move and then, well, I did what I needed to do. I had uh, one of our friends of our mission, somebody was against me, and they said, well, you need to be, you need to go there and, and humble yourself and apologize. I said, for what? I, I would if I knew what to apologize for, but I've done everything I could. He said, well, you know, you'd be the humblest man in Birmingham. I said, I'm not worried about being the humblest man in Birmingham. I just don't know what to say. I've done everything I could. So finally, after being hounded, I did. I approached this person, went to him and said, whatever I've done, whatever you think I've done, whatever I don't know I did, I want to say I'm sorry and seek forgiveness for however you're offended. And um, it didn't work with them, but I I felt something uh, incredibly in my heart that I wouldn't have to stand in judgment for their hatred toward me, that I, that I went beyond, beyond, and made peace, and been at peace since that time with this individual. But uh, my, my thing in prayer that made me led, I skipped part of the story, what led me to this is I was praying, I said, God, what am I supposed to apologize for? And the answer in prayer was, you know, that's not the important thing, is that do you want to stand in judgment for being a source of their anger? So you need to go there and dissipate that anger. And I did that. And I wouldn't say we're friends, but I'd say the anger's not there. And so this is the kind of thing that God's calling us to do. And, it's, and, it's, and sometimes it's heroic love. It's a decision that's not something you want to do. But if you're not reconciled with someone there, if you're not in your family or whoever, or even denied an argument, it's... it's critical that you don't have this anger because it's unjust anger. There's righteous anger and there's unjust anger. Unjust anger, don't let it go the sun go down without seeking that to be healed. And we have in the family so much strife and so much dis- dissension and so much hatred our lady says. She said hatred gives birth to dissension and we have this in the family. And we have the mother and father fighting each other or using the kids against each other and they're, they're caught in a war zone. And so the greatest pain in the world today is within the framework of the family and it's where it needs to be healed. We need to pray for the family. We need to stand up at Mass and say in the petitions, the prayers of the faithful, we say, please stop the scourge of divorce. Don't worry about offending somebody because, you know, John and Betty over here or whoever they are about to go to a divorce. Don't let that stop you. Would you let that stop you if you knew somebody was going to have an abortion? It, it's, it's quit worrying about offending somebody. It, it, as the people's going to divorce, they'll be the first to tell you it's horrible. I wish people were saying that to stop the scourge of divorce. I wish somebody was praying for me 20 years ago when I didn't have to go through this. And so make this a prayer of the faithful. Please, Lord, to end the scourge of the divorce. That's what we have to pray for. Then you won't have to say nothing about, please, Lord, give us more vacations. Please, Lord, stop abortions. That, those two things are fruits from a tree a tree of a, break, a broken world, and the broken world is the family. So this is a real, real important thing for us to grasp. And we need to grasp the importance that we have things that come up between a, a father and a son, a mother and a son, or a mother and a father, or our siblings together, our extended family, our extended neighbors. And we've got to realize that that's sad. You know, how would you like somebody to go bury one of your, your, your mom or your dad and not be reconciled to them? You must reconcile, and you be at peace, and forgiveness is everything. Our Lady said on the 25th message, she spoke about this as if prepping for the September 2nd message. She says, also today I call you to personal conversion. You be those who will convert, and with your life will witness love, forgiveness, 
and bring the joy of the risen one into the world. So what does that mean? That means you find who you need to reconcile with, who's in your life that you need to change something with tonight. cut my hair He didn't care for style He'd just snip and snip and sweep it in a pile And I could not keep still But he would understand Some things are just known between a boy and a man Right there in the middle of our kitchen's cluttered floor In the middle of the fifties, in between a couple wars He'd get out his old scorched shirt and wrap it around my neck He would be so close to me, I'd smell the coffee on his breath he would be so close to me We had a falling out I don't remember why But every time I think on it There's water in my eyes We said some awful things He ordered me Years my sister wrote about how hard my mother grieved. Second tour of duty when the thrill had long been gone. I started giving haircuts to my buddies there in Nam. The wire came on Friday, I was cutting JoJo's hair. Buried mom on Wednesday Dad was happy I was there Buried mom on Wednesday He never did remarry he Traveled quite a bit As a father still some distance But as a grandpa quite a hit the stroke was unexpected There is so much to relearn He gets around with just a king But his speech has not returned I snip and snip the memories And I sweep them in a pile I don't say a word He smiles when I am done Some things are just known Between a father and his son Right there in the middle of our kitchen's cluttered floor In my middle forties I feel the ache once more For all the years our anger Kept us far apart Thank God that there's forgiveness To mend a broken heart Thank God that there's forgiveness
we need to reflect in our life. Even now at this moment, close your eyes and just think deep within your heart who you need to reconcile with. Forgiveness releases bondages, things that even cause mental illness, anguish, sins of hatred. Who is it if you could call them the not here now in this life? You would do so tonight. And often someone would have said, I wish I could have said, I'm sorry. But that person's not here anymore. So when we have a message like this from a lady, we need to reflect that. Do I need to write somebody at this moment? Do I need to call them? Do I need to talk to them? What do I need to reconcile? It's the risen one we're to bring. And it's her son who died. And it's we, her children, who are to seek to relieve this pain in our eyes of our brother with tenderness and goodness. And if we don't, we are without love. And with that love, we're lost, our lady says today. Only love is effective. It works miracles. Love will give you unity in my son and the victory in my heart. You're released. Released from those years of that wound that needs to be healed. Our ladies inducting and asking for people to be saints and to be her children means to be called to that, to be an apostle. There's many things in our mission we've seen that we didn't want to do. We didn't like it. It's very bitter. But every time we did that and we followed the message in it, we felt that grace of God, that inner peace, that inner serenity that can only come from making that move for the 50th time. And so this is a real invitation today. A real invitation that our lady said tonight or this morning, therefore my children love. And if you can do that, you can achieve anything, she says in past messages. And why would you not want that? Sort of harbor something and not let go of it, not change it. So not to reconcile. It's to be defective, to live in unpeace. And you're not called to do that. You're called to love. And tonight's program has certainly been a very beautiful and powerful program, speaking of Our Lady's messages, and particularly tonight's message that Our Lady gave to Mariana about love. And so we hope that during this broadcast tonight that you have experienced and felt that love that Our Lady has for each one of us, knowing that Our Lady made the decision to love us even when we were unfaithful to her and to her son. And so the next broadcast will be on Thursday, September 25th. And uh, with that, hopefully we will see you there if uh, you were able to join us and get your family, your friends together to be with us for that broadcast on the 25th. And uh, now a friend of Medjugorje will close. Well, we always hate to leave your living rooms and wherever you may be, but we want you to know that we'll be with you in our prayers and our hearts with you. And we seek that God would give you every grace necessary to give you strength and strengthen your spirit during this time until we meet next time on the air. And so it is. We say to you tonight that we love you. We thank you for your support, especially your prayer support. And we wish you tonight, Our Lady. We love you. Good night. <laughs>